when we think of spiritual friendship, it's good for us to contemplate what kind of being are we ourselves instead of determining or trying to know what the other person is. Because just as the Buddha said, we cannot know. Unless we are true ourselves, how can we know, how can we discern the quality of being true in others? So it's really a, a wonderful reflection for us to examine ourselves carefully and wherever we see in ourselves the sign of untruth. That's our work right there. We cannot make anyone else a spiritual friend, but we can make ourselves a good spiritual friend. So first and foremost, how can we be a spiritual friend to ourselves? And if we want to know the joy, the beauty, and the benefit of true spiritual friendship, then we look within our own hearts and see what is our view, what is our intention, what is our sila, what is our livelihood, or the way we spend our time, what is our effort and energy, what is our samadhi, what is our wisdom. How is the Eightfold Noble Path unfolding within us? It's important for us to examine. And wherever we find that the Eightfold Path is not unfolding in us, then we get back on the path. Just like if you're driving a vehicle, you don't drive partway on the road and the other part on the road. You try to keep your vehicle on the road. So we try to keep our vehicle on the path. And when we veer off, we just get back on. Now, getting back on is not always easy. And this is why the Buddha's instructions are so important to us. They're as important as the brake and the gas pedal and the steering wheel on the car. So I don't want to use that analogy too much because it can be very boring. And actually the drive on the Eightfold Noble Path is never boring at all, because we're always veering into the ditch. <laughs> we don't need a snowstorm to get there either. We just seem to create our own storms. And this is a really valuable thing for us to acknowledge that the mind is on fire or the mind is in a fever. And so if we are practicing sati panya, sati mindfulness, panya, wisdom, they must always be good friends to each other. So if our speech is, I'm so mindful, I'm so mindful, but we've forgotten, I'm so wise, I'm so wise, this is not the complete gear. It's not, we're not holding the steering wheel properly. We're not guiding the vehicle well. We need sati and panya together, plus a whole bunch of other qualities. But let's start with those two. With mindfulness and wisdom, when we're focusing on the fever in the mind, 
what do we know right away? As Dhamma practitioners, we know number one, impermanent. Number two, imperfect. Number three, impersonal. Who is it that's on fire? Who is this person? Who is this man, woman, being, human, whatever you call yourself? Who is it? Barn owls always say, who? Imitate the owl and ask, who is there? Who is on fire? Is it anyone? Is there some being, solid being in there that's on fire? Or are these the hindrances completely out of control? At that moment, when we see imperfect, impermanent, it's all impermanent, really. Where is 2022? Um, okay, it's gone, it's going, it's on the way out. Was it happiness or was it suffering? When the new year starts, happy new year, happy, happy, we're so happy. And then as the year unfolds, we get sad, sad, happy, sad, up, down, east, west, north, south, we are all over the map. Never mind the path. <laughs> and Google, whatever device you're using, is not going to show you how to get back on track. So we use the Buddha's map. Where's the steering wheel? Where's the brake? Where's the gas pedal? We slow down. We stop. We look. We examine and see the mind holding the object. The object is what? Fever. The mind is on fire. Fire. What does it feel like? Hot. What else? Out of control. What else? Pressure. The heart is squeezing. Pain. Feel the suffering and know the imperfection. If we know our suffering, but we don't think of it as my suffering, our suffering, right away, we're seeing that quality of the true characteristic of that experience is it's empty. Who does it belong to? It's impermanent. There's no, no being. We need not hold this, own it, make a meal out of it, and end up crashing into it. What we're really crashing into is an artifice that we have created in the mind. Where does it exist? It's just a thought. It's a passing phenomena. It's anicca dukkha anatta. It's imperfect and it's empty and it's passing away. It's gone, just like 2022, gone. But, but what? The memory, what? We are not the past and we are not the world. But there can be awareness of these, these flowings in the mind, of these crashings in the mind, of these fevers and fires. The awareness is free. The awareness is pure. And the objects that arise and cease in awareness are just the movie. It's just the theater that we're watching this film. But we don't need to own it. And we don't need to hang ourselves with it, kill ourselves with it, murder ourselves with it. We, we keep putting in the second arrow, stab, stab. And then 
How do we know about spiritual friendship if we're doing that? Let us not over and over create a monster in the mind that throws us into the ditch. So we cannot drive our precious vehicle on this noble eightfold path, which arises in the heart moment by sacred moment. And even the suffering is, it's sacred because it's only by suffering that we learn these things. This is why the Buddha gave us Four Noble Truths. It's not one. It's not just, oh, there's suffering. How many times have we said, oh, there's suffering? And right now, oh, it hurts so bad. But by knowing that suffering and holding it as an object of awareness and not as me, mine, this is who I am, we've already tasted a little bit of freedom from that. So whose suffering is it? It's just habit. The mind is full of habits and we're trying to teach it. We're trying to steer it. It's very unsteerable in the beginning. But with practice, we learn when to veer slightly to the left, when to veer slightly to the right, when to go straight on. And if we try too hard, too fast, too soon to go straight on, we're likely to crash or to go too slow and make no meal of it at all. We, we don't learn anything. So we have to get up on the path, put our feet front and center on the path and walk mindfully and wisely together. We're mindful and wise at the same time. And it's a body. So this body and this mind that it carries have so many habits. And this is a training. Imagine in the gym, when you first go in all clunky and stiff, and you try to get on some machine, like a bicycle or I don't know, I don't go to gyms, but <laughs> there's equipment that you use, right? And you have to learn how to use it. So this Dhamma body that we're carrying and this Dhamma mind that we're carrying, we've been so clumsy with it. We, we know how to use it in the world. We know how to fabricate greed, hatred, and delusion. We're very ignorant. But we know a good direction to go in. So we try, we're trying to undo these poor habits and uncover or discover. It's like discover means to take away the veil of delusion. It's to uncover it. Dis means goodbye. We're uncovering it. So it's a full moon night. The Buddha is teaching this teaching about spiritual qualities of a, a true friend, a good human being, a noble being. He's revealing this on a full moon night when the moon is in its fullness. And our minds are not in their fullness. But we have to regard ourselves as being in darkness, going towards light and discovering so much. 
about ourselves. And whatever we can discover about ourselves, we know that to be true about everyone. So right away, we understand the beauty of compassion. I want to be compassionate to myself. So if I'm not doing it very well, what's the best quality to bring up in the mind? Compassion. It, it takes a long time. Maybe we've been trying for lifetimes. We don't know. Many, many rounds. We don't know. Here we are again. Oh, no. Yes, we can do it. But we have to remember what's in the toolkit and reach in and develop good qualities in the heart. So the Buddha gave us a whole list of qualities. And later in the day, we'll go through them a little bit more. But right now, it's important for us to understand there's wisdom and there's ignorance. There's unwholesome qualities and there are wholesome qualities. There are bad habits and there are good habits. We're here to train. So when we're feeling tired of the training, that's okay. Take a break. Don't force because it doesn't work when you try to force it. But through wise reflection, we can understand the value of developing wisdom and mindfulness so that we can identify our weak spots and get back on track and keep going and not be discouraged by people around us who are giving us difficult messages. We can listen to the messages, but we have to also follow what our heart's wisdom is telling us. And the ways of the world, look, does the world know how to run itself? It's not doing a good job. But that doesn't mean that we can't use suffering for our enlightenment. In fact, the Buddha says that's exactly what we should use for our own enlightenment. So the important thing when we're really in a fever and we're suffering is be a good spiritual friend to yourself and say, suffering, this is suffering. It arose and it's getting stronger. <laughs> and I would like to have a happy new year, but this suffering is overwhelming right now. Right now. But this moment is impermanent. So if we hold it as my suffering, we've already dictated the next moment. So we have to be mindful of our speech, mindful of our action, mindful of our thinking. Are the thoughts wise? No. Are the thoughts wise? Yes. We can choose. Right thinking is right intention. The way we direct the mind, right view, is the way we understand the mind. Of course, we have to start with right view. What is our view of the world? There is karma. There is the result of good action and the result of poor action. So virtue is primary. And how we direct our mind is how we direct our vehicle. And how we listen to others will influence that. So if we're not getting wise 
instructions or wise messages, we should change our company. And if our mind is not good company, we should overhaul our thoughts. Overhaul means get out your toolkit. Steer your vehicle better. Do that which will make the hindrances subside. Sometimes we're trying too hard to practice and we're alone. We don't have the support. Then we can support ourselves in the best way we can by reassessing what we're actually doing with the mind. And remember the components of the Eightfold Path. Sometimes the best thing that we can do is chant. Take one beautiful word like karuna, compassion, and develop that one quality in the mind. Where is the compassion in the heart? How can I forgive myself? The mind is on fire. How can I cool it? What can I be grateful for in this moment? That's an act of compassion. Are we breathing? Are we standing? Do we have enough to eat? Are we living in a free country? There are so many yeses there. If we can pull together strands of gratitude already, we have the rope with which to pull ourselves out of the ditch. And that rope will help us to pull ourselves further along the Eightfold Noble Path. You see how these different components of the path have to be put into play in moment-by-moment thinking, moment-by-moment listening, moment-by-moment speaking, moment-by-moment acting, conducting, so that we don't misconduct ourselves. Then we decide what kind of being is this being? Is this a being who is developing wholesome qualities or a being that is developing unwholesome qualities? So the fever of delusion is also very strong. But the fever of greed is stronger and the fever of anger is perhaps stronger than both. Together, it's a mess. You gotta call 911 or <laughs> call Buddha. 911 won't help us, but Buddha will. I try to use Buddha in our passcodes a lot. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> <laughs> because I know that that's the real passcode. We have enough wisdom. We're not using it, that's all. We think mindfulness is it. No, we have to be wise and mindful. Somebody with a gun can just kill out of malevolence. I was thinking about those young students in Idaho who were 21 years old, 20 and 21 years old, and some mad, deluded, very deluded, and malevolently driven human being knifed them to death in their sleep. Why? What a fever that 
possess that being. But these kinds of qualities, let's dedicate our practice to their suffering families. Can you imagine your, your young kid being murdered like that? And look what countries do to each other, indiscriminately tossing bombs here, there, and everywhere. Missiles destroying innocent beings by the thousand. What a mess this world is in. We can't control what goes on in other people, but we do have the power to direct our own mind. And our own mind is precious because this mind can influence other people and other people have influenced this mind. So we have to choose what influences this mind. Is it the Buddha or is it ignorance? And if it's the Buddha, then virtue is our primary objective. So when our thoughts are, are on fire, because it's the thoughts in the mind that create the flames. We only see the flames. We're not looking deep enough to see the origin of those flames. And so virtue of mind, purity of mind, must be developed. That's why the Buddha laid the foundation of dana sila. Dana means generosity. It's dana sila samadhi panya. Dana sila sati panya. Dana sila samadhi sati panya, or sati samadhi panya. And the sila component is first, it's primary. So if the mind is on fire, we know we haven't fed it very well. So give it a good meal, give it comfort, give it compassion. Compassion is a friend to oneself. Kum in in Latin, compassion, feeling, feeling with. So when you have compassion for this body-mind, you're actually feeling the dukkha. And when we feel the dukkha, turn it into a first noble truth. Turn it into the noble truth of suffering. What makes it noble? It's noble because we know that our vehicle is off the path. So gently, gently pulling ourselves back on the path. Gently. Not you silly person or worse. Not critically. Not angrily. Not with a feverish mind. Because then we just feed the anger. How can you possibly distance your mind from anger when we speak to ourselves in angry tones. I'm no good. I'm hopeless. There I go again. What is that? That's not compassion. So to gently steer our ship, our vehicle, back onto the Eightfold Noble Path by using the noble truth of suffering and feeling for ourselves, what is this? What can I bring to this poor suffering being? Gentleness, courage, compassion. 
And then we get up, we dust ourselves off, and we do something beautiful. Sometimes we just offer a gift to someone, a gentle word, make a dedication, do a chant for your mom or your dad, for a sick relative, for the parents of those poor kids in Idaho, for the ignorant person that did that, for all the murderous leaders of this world. We chant for them and wish that they would do better because there's so much suffering that they're causing and they will suffer the consequences themselves at some time. They will have to reap the poor results of their actions. Hell realm. Hellish. We don't wish that on anyone, but people choose. We choose our actions. We're the directors of our own minds. So before we think about what I'm going to get, who's going to be my spiritual friend, <laughs> it's very selfish. It's rather, how can I be, or this being, how can this being be made into a beautiful spiritual friend for the world? It means one who can develop harmlessness, one who can develop purity of mind and virtue. Just a wholesome intention is the way to begin. Dana, what gift can you give? And the other person may not even know who it's from. They don't need to know. But you know that if they find that gift, on their doorstep or in their mailbox, they'll be so happy. It might be small. Like the other day, somebody gave us this really beautiful box of chocolate ginger. We saved some of it, made a little box out of the big box, and put them in the mailbox for our mail person. Just to give a simple gift it can be the whole world for someone who's having a difficult day. So contemplate how to be generous to yourself and how to pull yourself out of whatever trouble you're in and offer that to the present moment as a gift to the present moment, a gift to yourself, but it's a gift to everyone. I'll stop now and we'll sit together.